0: Welcome to the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. We're a podcast and community for modern moms in real estate that are building a legacy in business and raising a family. We talk all things real estate, marketing, mindset, business strategy, and support as real estate moms. My name is Braden McKee, a Phoenix, Arizona real estate agent and boy mom of two. I love social media and digital marketing and specialize in relocation, new construction, and the move up buyer family.
1: And I'm Alyssa Stalker, a realtor in Ventura County, California, a digital marketing coach and course creator, as well as mom of two under two as business besties that have been through all the ups and downs together. We are bringing our entrepreneurial backgrounds and industry expertise to change the way a modern mama approaches real estate. Whether you're here for the support community or our practical tips for building a thriving business while balancing being a mama, we are rooting for your growth.
0: Hi, ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. Alyssa and I are here together today. So excited to do a QA style uh episode, which we've actually never done before. And we've been doing this podcast for how long? So I think this is gonna be a fun one.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a minute, and I think we've done like a few fun episodes or at least. I think each of us did one like a day in the life kind of episode. And we've, yeah. we've definitely expanded on some different topics in a, in a similar way, but we've never really asked the listeners like, Hey, what are your questions? What do you want to know? So I'm excited to dig into these and we definitely got some good ones. I have them pulled up in front of me and we can yeah. just, I guess, go down the line, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Before we do those, I have a couple of fun, like easy to answer questions.
2: Okay. okay. Uh, What's your coffee order? Oh gosh. It changes all the time. So if you that's asked true. me like a year ago, it'd be like cold brew only. Okay. Uh, it then mean, now I got back to drinking hot coffee and honestly, okay. I'm just doing like drip with cream. Cause that's what I'm making at home. So I would say just like a simple drip coffee. I make mine at home in a French press okay. and were to be really honest, I have had Starbucks twice in the last like 45 days. I cut back on coffee trips.
0: Good. One of
2: those little areas budgeting. I I got really dialed on budgeting like in the last good. month I'm trying to be a good girl. So yeah. I,
0: <laughs> I don't really have a coffee well. order. Huh? <laughs> I said I'm working on that as well.
2: Yeah. No, I just I got really into just looking and part, I guess it kind of goes with this podcast and different topics we've been talking about throughout the year. Um, just really like digging into different areas of my life and improving. And one of those is budgeting. I struggle hard with it. I am a big spender. So. <laughs> this is
0: um, the thing. I'm also that way, but I don't spend on like big things. It's a lot of like stupid little things. And then I look at how much it adds up to Yeah. Like, what did I, what did I do? Like, it's it's like, I'm not going out and buying like fancy things or like, not that I care about that. Like it's, but it's like, I feel like it's easier to see where your money is going with like a big purchase where it's like, oh, I just bought like a bag, for example. I feel like that's always like a good example versus like, oh, I went to coffee here. I went to target. Did this like, you know, bought this little thing that I saw on, an Instagram ad, you know what I mean? Like,
2: Oh, I'm the worst with that. I'm like the best consumer to target. I'll buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I do so- marketing and I am the worst. <laughs> yes.
0: You know, sometimes though, like, do you get like as a marketer, you know, so, cause I know we both are really passionate about marketing and you get like a good ad and you're like, Dang, that was good. I need to buy this because that ad was so good. Like, like
2: all of them. Like all of them. <laughs> it's bad. There's this um, there's this like um, it's like a powder, like a wellness powder. It's like a like a colostrum, which is I guess even better than like collagen um it has like all these different benefits I've been sitting on it and they're targeting me like hardcore because I've yet to check out but I'm very interested in this product (laughs) I keep getting their ads every day and I look at all the comments and I'm like yeah legit. It looks like it really works. It looks like people love it. Yeah. I'm trying to be better about what I buy and spending. Really? And actually right before we hopped on to record, that's something that I'm working on scheduling in my calendar, not just doing like business accounting, but like being better about life accounting. So I was just actually, um, I like to do it on Sunday, but I didn't do it yesterday. So I made sure to fit it in today just to like look at the yeah. weekly budget and see, how far beyond we are for the month, which, but I think the first step is just like awareness and, and sitting down to do it and looking for like your patterns, um, looking for where you could be overspending or, you know, things like that. Just being aware of what you're doing first um, before fixing
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been reading Atomic Habits, right. We've been doing the book club and yeah talks about that like the first way to change is you have to actually be aware of what you're currently doing and yeah. you can do a lot of things that you're not even really super aware or like really thoughtful about and i think that's the first thing right is like okay yeah. what what am i actually doing like what does that look like and for me it was like yeah my husband you know was like we were doing our budget and he was like i just want to show you like what you spent on coffee last month <laughs> And I was like, "You're joking, right?" And he's like, "No, I'm not joking." He's like, "Look at it," and I was horrified. Yeah, like because in the moment, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that it doesn't feel that much. But I'm like, yeah, that definitely wasn't like my intention to spend that much on coffee. But yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, when my husband and I before like before we had, um, I almost just said when my husband and I were single, like together, like meaning <laughs> before we had kids. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Um, whatever that means, but you know what I mean. Before we yeah. had children, we, um, I mean, we like used to love to go out and because we're foodies, like we love yeah. to eat. We've always loved like really good cocktails and yeah. stuff like that, like experiences, not just like going out to go out. So we go to like a lot of nice places. And I remember like looking one month at what we spent just on outings like that and like food. Yeah it was insane. It was painful. Um, obviously yeah. all that kind of stuff just changes once you have kids and then they, they drain your pockets, but yeah, in a different way, but, um, the, the money still gets spent. It just gets yeah. moved from, from different categories. So, yeah. but, uh, anyway, so that's actually funny. Cause that's, that's what I was just working on. So you asked me my coffee order, just made yeah. me feel good. Cause I don't really have an order. It's more how I'm making it at home. <laughs> That's
0: good. It also helps though with, I think making healthier coffee, right? Because typically if you're going out and getting coffee at Starbucks or whatever, like coffee shop, yeah. a lot of the times it's not like you're ordering the healthiest option. That's something I'm really working on this year is like really trying to work on like my hormone health, my gut health, like yes. just all over health, like, putting my health as a priority so that I can just be a better mom, wife, business owner. And, you know, when you, if you go to a coffee shop and you actually like, look at the little thing that says like how many calories and you're like, gosh, 400 calories for like my, just my latte. Like that's a lot. Like it is that's a lot.
2: I, so you just inspired me for a future episode. I'm literally going to our, podcast show board right now and writing this down. Cause I think we should do a health episode because both of us are should. on like health journeys. And I think that just goes hand in hand with overall like life performance, yeah, business, all that stuff. So I'm literally writing this cool.
0: down on the health note. I, did
2: you broth? I used to, um, I think when it kind of like came out as sort of a trend, I'm, I'm such a trend person when it comes to like the health stuff and it was really funny I saw this um this agent she's local to me and I saw in her stories like last week she did like a picture of it's like remember when you guys were like putting butter in your coffee like how's that working out for you (laughs) and then it turned out like a bunch of people still do that but I. Don't, people, what was do. that called? bulletproof or something? Yeah, bulletproof coffee.
0: Yeah, I never could do the bulletproof coffee. I did. It. I tried it once, <laughs> but so I I have like really bad psoriasis right now, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of that is tied to both hormonal and like gut health issues. If you like look at it from a root cause, and that's like what I'm trying to do, and so I've been like reading so much about like drinking bone broth in the morning. And first of all, why is actual good bone broth so expensive? Like
2: it's easy to make. I used to make it myself. Did you?
0: Okay. Cause, but here's the thing. So I, I got some to try it and I had a cup this morning and I have this weird taste in my mouth all day today.
2: Hmm. It's
0: like, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. If I'm always going to have like, after I drink it the whole morning, have like, even after, so I had that first. And then I had my breakfast and I didn't start my coffee until like late, like around noon. I didn't have coffee till noon today. Mm -hmm. And I have this weird taste in my mouth all day. And I'm like, Hmm. this would not be sustainable for me because Mm -mm. I would feel like I have to brush my teeth like a million times just to get this. I
2: couldn't have like chicken in the morning. I mean- We all know how much, like, I love Chick-fil-A and I can't eat, like, their, I love their breakfast, but I can't get, like, chicken, I can't eat chicken for breakfast, like. I couldn't drink it for breakfast either.
0: I like sweet things in the morning, which I know is also another, like, I mean, if it's in a smoothie, it's not bad, but I'm trying to have, like, really high protein. Yeah. And then, like, also vegetables and stuff. This morning, I did, like, yogurt and fruit, like, Mm -hmm. um, like, plain Greek yogurt, but anyways, this has turned into a whole tangent. But no,
2: and I actually just (laughs) give me so many ideas for a different episode, but I will tell you all right, write them down
0: on the Trello board.
2: (laughs) But I'm it's easy to make though, because I used to just take um, get like a rotisserie chicken, yeah, be super healthy about it, get like the organic one, but you can just get Costco chicken if you, care or not. Um, and then literally, you just take all the chicken off of it, let like you're gonna eat, bag it up put it in a meal and then you just like you just like put the carcass in okay. some water and then okay, let then it like, cook like overnight okay. like you put it in your crock pot or whatever and it's yeah. that's bone broth oh, and you can add that. veggies like to give flavor like onions yeah. carrots things like that but um you could put some spices in it or like yeah. you know a sprig of thyme or rosemary or yeah. something like that to give more flavor but for me I just that's how I made it and then you yeah. make a lot of it that way and it's super cheap and you're reusing the like the meat for meals and stuff it's kind of like free bone broth really
0: totally yeah because um the way I mean to buy good quality at the store it's like literally as much almost as like spending a latte a day and then I'm like I'm like well if you keep up with the habit it's like that's a daily habit you're supposed to do like well I, I can't justify that you know
2: just First go point. buy yourself a ten dollars chicken, I'll have to, feed your yeah. family, and make your own bone broth. <laughs> I'll have to make it. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into these
1: questions. Yes. Oh wait,
2: you had quick questions. I didn't ask oh, you yeah. your coffee order. What was your coffee order? Okay, so right
0: now I'm just making an iced coffee at home, and I'm either doing like sugar-free hazelnut syrup, or I'll do mm-hmm. um, some organic local honey. Ooh. um for sweetener and then yeah. I'm going between almond milk or like um the Chobani creamer okay yeah but I've been using a lot of almond milk I think I might go dairy free for a while sounds like a I need to do it because I'm already gluten free and soy free and all all these other things but you're free I am not free I <laughs> I am not, but I think that I may, I, I need to just for my health, try to see if it- Yeah, a lot.
2: So yeah. I no, I, I get it. I get it. I'm excited. Let's do a health episode next. I'm okay. so excited about cool. that. Okay. Not Hi. that like I'm, you're, I mean, you, that's your background actually. Like you know all this stuff, yes. but I don't, I just, like I said, I'm a trend follower, so I pay attention, but that's wow. about it. Okay. Um. What other quick questions?
0: I was going to ask you, what is your celebratory drink of choice? I just said that weird.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I love, I mean, I love wine. I love like sparkling wine Um, and we're making wine. We're opening a winery. So I would say that obviously like I love champagne, but I really love um, like natural wines and more natural sparkling wines. Um, There's like some of the wines we're making are like chilled reds. They're called carbonic wines, carbonic maceration. It's a whole Winemaking process. And so I love something like that. That's like a little spritzy, but um, and I also love like a pet nat, which is like a natural sparkling wine. Um, so I would say something like that because I love wine. Otherwise, if we're talking cocktails, my favorite drink is a Paloma, which okay. is grapefruit um, you can make it with tequila, but I also like to make it with mezcal. So it's like a little bit more smoky. And then I make, um, like my own, like agave simple syrup. And then you put a little bit of like spritzer on top. So that's my favorite drink. What about you?
0: So I really love a good margarita. Um, I love a good spicy margarita. Um, and that's probably my drink of choice right now, but, um, I really want to explore I've been looking so when we were talking about Instagram and like ads earlier I've been I've started to look at like alcohol-free options for like sales oh, yes, cocktails, yes. Um, because I went dry for the first couple months of the year and I feel like it was really good mm-hmm. Um, and so but I kind of like the social aspect of it a little bit or like you know feeling like having a drink every once in a while to celebrate so yeah. I want to look into I'm like looking at options and I keep getting, now that I've been looking into it, I'm getting ads all the time and trying yeah. to find what could I make like a margarita mocktail with and still, you know, yeah. kind of get the effect without the alcohol itself.
2: Well, I don't know about any like elixir type things, but there are these drinks that I absolutely love. Um, And I went dry for like a, I did like a 30 day. It was like, mid January to February. I didn't do dry January because my birthday's in January. And so I waited till after that. It's like right in the middle of January. Um, but anyway, um, they're called Moment. And um I actually have a code, so I'll drop it in the link of this episode (laughs) or the show notes of this episode. Um I love them so much that I did um partner with them as an affiliate because they were so good, like every single flavor and they have some sparkling ones and then flat ones and you okay. can get a variety pack and they, um, they do feel like very relaxing. Um, okay. I know there's other things out there like CBD drinks and stuff. Yeah. Um, this one had, I'm always say it wrong. A- adaptogens. Yeah. A- okay. How do you say that? Adaptogens.
0: Yeah, no, that was right.
2: Oh, okay. Adaptogens. It has that in it. Um, so like ashwagandha probably saying that wrong too. Um, but any of those things like are in it and they're, um, they're really tasty. Like I seriously couldn't, I couldn't pick a favorite flavor. I didn't have a bad one, but you probably could make a drink with that. Um, pretty good and have the effect. Otherwise for mocktails, I love just getting, um, like different sparkling water at the store. Yeah. And then I make like a, like a simple syrup, like with agave or your local okay. honey for a yeah. little bit of sweetness and then mix it with like fresh squeezed juice, like grapefruit juice and yeah. or blood orange. Um, there is a really good, um, actually it's a blood, it's a blood orange margarita mocktail recipe that I, I made from, jar of lemons you would really like her if you don't know her I I
0: followed her because you brought her up before and I I post her
2: recipes all the time um she also just posted I see on her website right here on her blog strawberry lime mocktail margarita um All of her little mocktails are really, really good. So I would check those out too. Maybe we'll link, we'll just link Jar of Lemons maybe in the show notes too. We'll just reference everybody that we're plugging, affiliate or not. Um, But in case anybody is interested in those, they're good. Um, Or we'll pop it into the Facebook group. Okay. So any other short, quick questions? No, just the
0: two. (laughs) Okay.
2: So let's dive into the question. Should we say who asked this? Should we give shout outs Um, or should we like maintain? Okay. All right. So Rachel is asking best way to get clients proven prospecting in general. Okay.
0: Take it away. (laughs) Okay. Um, so biggest one for me would be sphere. Um, that was the, I mean, for my, my first client ever was a phone call at my office. Like I did, I was on phone duty, but let me just tell you, I was on phone duty for six months before yeah. I got a client from it. So that was yeah. kind of just a chance thing, honestly. But um, after that, it was Sphere and then referrals from my Sphere, doing social media to my Sphere and then other people following. Um, and so those are my my top three. And then now it's also, we do paid, me and my mom are on a team. So we do paid um, like PPC ads. We've done Facebook ads in the past, but PPC we uh, tend to have better results with. It is a lot of nurture. Um, And then also uh, one that's emerging for me is um, real estate agent referrals because I work a lot of relocation. And so a bigger portion now of my business is working referrals from other agents, sending them a referral fee for either people who are relocating into Phoenix or people who are selling their homes here in Phoenix and relocating to another area. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
2: I would say for me, number one, since like the day I started would be social media. Um, and within that prospecting, I want to be clear that it's not just about like being a participant of social media or like posting, um, like very much developing a good prospecting strategy. And I would say like, maybe 60% or more of that is actual engagement today versus like what you're posting. Cause the platform has changed so much. If we're talking Instagram that like now it's not just about like frequency of posting and like showing up, it's like building relationships that matters more. And like being like commenting, chatting, getting to know people authentically So I actually don't even really post that much anymore, Um, but I'm an active user and always engaging and building relationships. So then when I do post, it's tending to land with those like ideal clients. Um, And so when I say Instagram, I say that broadly because it's had in the last three years, such an evolution of okay. how that's generated leads, how I go about generating leads and prospecting. So it has changed a lot, but I would say that's like definitely my number one. Um also agent referrals for me, um, just like with my brokerage, we have a massive referral network and it's something that I'm always like looking for in my area um and just connecting and building other agent relationships. And then um the third one would be for me, Facebook ads. I love Facebook ads. They work really well for me and they are nurture, um, which is yeah, why yeah. I also do a lot of email marketing um, yeah. to help with that, that nurturing. So really most of my efforts are digital this yeah. year for like the first time ever. I'm getting into choosing a farm and actually farming. I've dabbled in farming, um, but yeah. never stayed consistent with it. Um, and so I am actually digging into doing um neighborhood farming and kind of I'm right now developing my strategy to like digitize those efforts as well um, to pull people off of just mailing. So yeah. um, so it's yeah, those are the things I thing
0: that, that's what i'm I'm not doing necessarily a fiscal farm, but I'm doing a digital farm mm-hmm. um, through a Facebook group that mm-hmm. And so um it'll be interesting to see. Um, because I do really well with Facebook groups. Yes, you do. That's where I've gotten a lot of business from Mm -hmm. just building relationships through Facebook groups, whether they're my own or sometimes other groups that I'm in, but then being like, okay, how do I, how do I turn this into a way to get more listings? Mm -hmm. And especially because there's, you know, like there's a a pretty big span of land of like where I'd want to get listings from so I can make the group more general to like a certain portion of the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see this year if I can pull some listings from doing that as well. So yeah,
2: I'm excited for that too. And I think also when it comes to prospecting, take it from someone who's to feel like they have to do like any and every form of it. Um, I think it's really important to find the things that you're good at and that you want to spend your time doing so that you do them effectively because, but you're not really, you're not really going to yield enough results by spreading yourself too thin, like find a few ways that you want to pour most of your time into. And when you're thinking about it, not just things that you like and enjoy doing, but also who is your ideal client and, um, where do they best receive marketing? Like right now, like this year for me, I am completely revamping who my ideal client is. Um, and I'm, I'm revisiting my recipe, like I'm tailoring it, but I'm also like this, like some uncharted territory for this. Like I'm, I'm challenging myself and pushing myself to reach some new goals. So, um, with that, I'm looking at everything I'm doing and I'm saying, Hmm, I can probably say goodbye to that like that probably yeah. doesn't really yeah the person I'm going after now doesn't care about that probably yeah. um it's a time suck I don't need to keep doing it or I've been doing this for a year it really only brought me this it did bring me something but it's hard to let go because yeah. <laughs> you're like it brought me something but you're like yeah. not the best use of your time so think right. about that when you're when you're thinking about um you know prospecting especially proven prospecting
0: yeah
2: okay this is from Chelsea. How do you schedule your work or how do you schedule your day for work and momming? Do you have childcare, daycare or babysitter? And this is gonna be interesting because we have completely different worlds on this.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'll start. So I do not send my kids to daycare currently. Um, I'm My kids are home with me a lot during the week. Now, just over a year ago, my husband got laid off from his job and we pulled him into the business with us. So he works now as an ISA for us. Um, I do not do great on the phones and it was something that I just dreaded. Um, He's really great at being on the phones. He's really great at sales. Um, And so he got pulled into the business, which was a move that we were eventually going to make. It just was a lot sooner than we had planned. Um, but with that, um, if I have an appointment or something and I cannot find childcare, he will come home or I'll like drop him off. Um, he works out of my parents' house. Um, so there's a little bit of separation because our house is pretty small. You can hear the kids all the time. Um, you know, so, uh, he works for my parents' house, which is about 10 minutes away. And so we'll, you know, kind of, um, tag team appointments and whatnot, um, and I do bring a, I do bring childcare into our home a couple days, a couple hours at a time. Um, sometimes that's for me to do like focus work or recording videos, content creation, things like that. Um, and sometimes it's for appointments, for me to go out to, you know, fire appointments, listing appointments, whatever I need to do that day. Um, and it's kind of like a sliding scale. Um, I may look at my calendar, for the week and reach out to some babysitters and be like, hey, I need a babysitter this day in this time range. I need a babysitter on Thursday from, you know, nine to one or whatever it might be. Um and yeah, that's how it is. I mean, um, we've looked at doing childcare uh with you know the expense though right now it just doesn't and like pulling my husband into the business, it doesn't quite work with our budget with just how expensive it is. Um, So for right now, this is what we're doing. Um, sometimes I bring the kids with me to appointments, but I really try not to anymore because they're two and a half and four and a half. And um, it gets too it's yeah, Especially
2: I, with two. Like yes. they feed yeah. off each other and
0: yeah. And they're they're boys, they're rambunctious. And some of my clients, they're like totally okay with it. But the thing is that I feel distracted and I don't feel focused and like there totally with my client. Um yeah. but I brought when they were babies, I brought both of them with me. Yeah. all the time. I would baby wear, I was breastfeeding for a long time um, with both of them. And so that worked for me then. And now it's a little bit different. So yeah, um, yeah we make it work. Um, we may be doing some, you know, kind of daycare program for at least my oldest, a couple days, um, a week next year, not really sure, kind of looking at options, trying to see if we can if we can swing it for the programs that we would want them in, but yeah, that's what we do.
2: Yeah. Um, we have childcare Monday through Friday. They go like a three quarter day, like a regular school day. Um, my son's starting kindergarten in the fall. Um, so he'll be on the same schedule and my daughter's in preschool. They go to the same preschool. Um, and we started that about a year ago and it works pretty well for our family. Um, I'm able to like fit in everything I need to fit in pretty much within those hours. And then, um, sometimes I have clients who can only meet in the afternoon, um, or their work schedules only allow for evening showings. And my husband's around when I got to go do that. Um, sometimes on the weekends, um, I need to go show or open house or something like that. And it's just kind of like, as it, as it comes, but for the most part, I try to get most of the work done while they're at school, so we try to just have, like, family time in the afternoons. Um, we decided not to put them, though, in childcare for the summer. Like, we just made that decision, so we are going to be juggling, like, taking turns, whoever we both, we both work, um, and so we'll be taking turns and <laughs> seeing how it goes. But our take on it was that we have this summer before yeah. um, my oldest goes into kindergarten. And we just yeah. wanted that time as a family and we don't get it back. And so yeah. we're going to try to just figure it out if it means early mornings or late nights or, you know, we're going to see, um, we're leaving the option open to maybe like putting them in part-time if it just gets too nuts or um yeah or doing like camps and stuff, we don't really have like a ton of babysitter options and that's really like solid for us. And the kids love the school. They love the teachers and the other kids there. So it's nice having that. Um, but yeah, we don't really have a lot of help other than that. Um, and it's always hard for us to get a babysitter, like even, um, for date night, which we try to schedule in at least once a month if we can, but, um, yeah, But yeah, so that's what we do. Um, There was a follow-up question to that from Chelsea also. How many hours do you work in real estate and how much is left to focus on the kids? And I'm just going to keep going (laughs) because... I'm a dork and I made like this entire time management spreadsheet like a month ago when I started working on like the whole budgeting stuff as well. I was thinking like, how much time do I really spend doing everything in my life? Cause you don't think about it. Like, I'm like, how much time do I spend cleaning? How much time do I spend watching TV at night with my husband? How much time do I spend like, who's getting how much of my time, including myself. And like, what am I like? I just really want to like, as, it just kind of all like stacks and passes you by and you just like, don't really realize what you're doing. And I think we tend to track like our work hours the most, but I was just like, I'm just trying to be like, especially since we started reading Atomic Habits, I'm trying to be just like a more efficient human. So like I added up how many hours, like I sleep, um, how many hours, like I pretty much do like everything
0: in my life. Gosh, I feel behind (laughs) now.
2: And I could share my template with you. (laughs) And then we have, um, really we have, I guess, collectively like five businesses. Um, and so some of those, like, I mean, my husband is way more on, um, and I'm kind of more just like a little bit of support. And then, um, real estate is my main business, but I also do coaching. Um, and like, I have courses and stuff like that as a business. So I do spend time every week doing that separate from, like specific real estate hours um and then our other companies I dedicate some time to so when i looked at it in real estate i pretty much work about like 20 hours a week a little over 20 hours a week on average um if i'm like my most efficient self and that's also depending on how many like showings or like if there's an open house i would say it's kind of like without that really um that's about it just it really depends i did like kind of include some some outings i would say um or like inspection hours and stuff like that on it. so it's kind of an average so i would say an average it's about like 22 hours a week Perfect. and then um i could take it up to like 30 if you counted the real estate related like coaching and stuff like that. Um, yeah. course stuff, but that's about how many hours a week I spend. I know it to be true for a fact. <laughs> yeah. This is really interesting though. I do want to say that, um, I had a lot more time with like my, like I called it like my home category, which is like cleaning household, family, self, um, marriage, like that kind of stuff. I had way more hours than I really thought. Um, and it's more like, how am I spending those hours? Like, are we all just watching TV a lot? Are we like, what are we doing during that time? That's really what I was looking for, um, to make the most of, and then to become more efficient. But, um, I had like 145 hours consumed between personal life, sleep and working. Um, and there's like 168 hours available. So I found a whole of 23 hours, um, extra, like on a monthly basis which is like that's a lot yeah. you know that's sure. a whole day so it's like if, if you look at an 8 hour work day that's like i could go take 3 days off and do whatever i want if i was super yeah. efficient in my schedule so yeah. um if you've never done that before i highly suggest it i made the like super simple spreadsheet of just like a category to, like you know personal life yeah. sleeping um, and whatever. And within those categories, it, like all the things that encompass it, like my family myself, like self-care and exercise, things like that. And then like your marriage, how much time you spend with your spouse, what are you doing with your spouse, date nights and stuff like that. And I, I basically like added up all my hours, like on a weekly and monthly basis. Cause some things you're not, you aren't doing yeah. every week, you know, yeah. it might be a twice a month thing or a once a month thing. Um, and so I really just like broke everything out. It took me probably about, like an hour, hour and a half, but it was cool because it gave me like a really good bird's eye view of my life. Um, yeah. so I yep. can clearly answer that question.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Your <turn. absolutely> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if I had a ballpark it, I think I'm around 30, 35 hours in real estate between, I mean, I do a lot of like the marketing and content side of our business and then, um, working the email marketing, sphere and social media all of that um and then as well as taking appointments um obviously it depends I mean we've had a couple of clients that have kind of been like uh they need a lot of time lately like buyers need a lot of time and Mm -hmm. I know that's kind of swung me over um where like I think I'm gonna have like a a free weekend and I end up not having a free weekend so the last couple of weeks have been a little bit higher on that but I do have a good couple hours, like with my kids, um, and family, you know, whether that's in the morning and evening, you know, combination of the two, um, where I'm like, not really working. Like this morning I was with my kids for about two hours before I actually did any work, um, responded to any emails, did anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I do need to do that tracker though. Cause it'd be really interesting. I do think your point about like how much quality time and like, what are you actually doing with that time is really key though, because I know there's a lot of times like we just have the TV on and it's like, we're not really doing anything necessarily like, you know, really spending good time with each other. It's just like watching a movie or something. So that'd yeah. be interesting to see for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay. Val said, biggest mistake you've made with a client or a transaction? I'll <laughs> let you go first.
0: Okay. So I would say aside from, I'm going to give you guys a transaction one, but um, I think just in general, in my real estate career, one of the biggest mistakes has just been not honing in. I know on what you're going to say. Up. Um, <laughs> oh,
2: really? No. Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I was going to say something else for you. Oh, okay. oh, oh.
0: Shoot, what we I was
2: waiting, I was hoping it was gonna be like timed perfectly. No,
0: you go. (laughs) I'll tell you after what I thought it was. So I made on my first transaction ever a mistake that I will never make again.
1: Hey ladies, it's Alyssa here from the Modern Real Estate Mama podcast. Are you looking for a reliable source for branded products and closing gifts for your business? Well, look no further than Realty Remembered. As a real estate agent myself, I know how important it is to leave a lasting impression on your clients and Realty Remembered can help you do just that. With a variety of gifts tailored to any client, you can personalize them for your brand and for your clients. And the best part, they offer fast shipping and personalized customer service so you don't have to worry about timing your gifts to make it on time for closing day. Not only that, but they also offer bulk discounts so you can save money while stocking up and always have high quality gifts on hand. I personally use and trust Realty Remembered for all of my closing gifts and branded products, and I know you will too. As an exclusive offer to our listeners, use the link in our show notes to receive a free gift with your next order from Realty Remembered. So what are you waiting for? Make a lasting impression on your clients with Realty Remembered. Now back to the show.
0: because when I realized the mistake that I made um which is not getting everything in writing um so I had so my first transaction ever the appraisal came in low and it was not a high price dollar property um and I had gone I wasn't on a team at this time I was actually in the middle of this transaction and I was after this transaction I was gonna be moving to a team at my brokerage um I went to our like team lead for the office or whatever and i was like hey the appraisal came in low my buyer doesn't have the money to cover it i don't know what to do and she was like oh just do an appraisal dispute and i was like okay is that it like i don't need to do anything else and she was like no just do the appraisal dispute and so like i'm thinking in the back of my head like don't i have to get something in writing to do this appraisal dispute or like whatever i did I did need to do that. Right. But, um, so I went to the other agent and I was like, Hey, um, we'd like to dispute the appraisal. Um, are you guys okay with that? And they were like, yeah, of course, because our, our seller doesn't want to come down. So I did the appraisal dispute sent over comps and everything, but I did not get an extension and we went over on our time. And so literally Mm -hmm. the next morning that we went over on our time, the listing agent sends me a very well worded email basically saying, Hey, you effed up and your buyer is now on the hook for this appraisal gap, this gap in the, you know, um, uh, (laughs) when I mean, she was right. It was definitely my mistake. Um, when I went back to our like office team lead person, she was like, well, yeah, you should have gotten extension in writing. And I was like, okay. And I just want to say I was 23 at the time. Um, my first transaction ever, like besides a rental and, you know, nobody, like every time I would ask a question, like I just felt like really brushed off, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was really hard because I was like, okay, I, I was like trying to ask you, like, what do I need to do to make sure that like everything get done, you know? Yeah. Um, and she kind of was just like, well, duh. And it's like, if you're a brand new agent, you've never done a transaction before. It's actually not, duh. Like, yes. it, you know, but it, that was my mistake. So she was on the hook for that money. Luckily, we ended up getting to work everything out with the lender. Um, The team that I was going to join, the uh team leader, one of them, there was two of them. He helped me out on the rest of the transaction. He went and he like basically popped in essentially as my mentor at that point, helped me out, finish out the transaction, you know, at no, no fee. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to pitch in some of my commission. Um, and so it was a huge, it was huge. And even though I pitched in some of my commission, my brokerage, they ended up taking like their cut off of like the total commission, not like after I took out like my whatever. It yeah. Just, it was all just such a mess. Um, but yeah. I will never ever not get an extension in writing ever again, because I literally, when she sent me that email, like my heart dropped into my stomach. It was horrible. Um, she was absolutely right, but I'm so sure that she looked me up and knew that I hadn't done any transactions. She probably knew that she was going to be able to, you know, but this is the thing, my buyer wouldn't have been able to close. She didn't have the extra money. She had her down payment and her closing costs. That was it. So We ended up being able to work it out, but
2: it was, yeah, that must be like a state specific thing, um, for you guys. Cause I was just thinking about that and I was, cause like we have a notice to perform if you're delayed on like a contingency, um, but there's no like gap automatically on appraisal or anything. It like either appraises or it doesn't, unless you write in a gap. Oh, yes, it. We, have,
0: we have a five-day time period if it doesn't appraise for the appraisal mm-hmm. contingency for the buyer and seller to either renegotiate or for this for the buyer to back mm-hmm. out of the contract and get their earnest money back. Um, but if you're doing usually if you do an appraisal dispute, um, yeah, get that five days, you might need extra time to respond. So at that point, I should have got an addendum and changed that five day appraisal. Um, contingency to probably like a 10 day response time um, Mm -hmm. to allow the appraiser to review the comps that I sent over and then get back to me.
2: I think it's interesting because I think that, you know, I always try to hope that people act like in good faith, even if things don't go always according to like the timeline of the contract, like when people need an extension and they've done a really good job, like I try to honor that. um, or hope the same, like, Hey, we're almost to the finish line here on this, you know, what's going on, work with us. And it's, I didn't realize though, that it was like a money thing on the contract and timing where they can do that. Um, I also thought what you were going to say is they like cancel the contract and went to the next person or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, but if that's like her best way of representing her seller or whatever, like then, I mean, you'd probably do the same thing, but I think that, uh, yeah, that's tough too. like, not having the mentor to be like, Hey, make sure you do this. Yeah,
0: totally. Which was probably also like going back, knowing what I didn't know. I would have been like, as soon as I got her in a contract, I would have been like, no, I need an actual mentor that's going to like walk me through the process again, why I left that first brokerage because, the support was just not what you need as a new agent. Yeah, definitely. But like that, again, was probably another mistake on my behalf of like, I actually don't know what I'm doing, even though I know the contract. Like I didn't know the nuances of like, oh, well, just because they say they're going to allow you the time to um, do the appraisal dispute doesn't mean they're actually going to give you the time if it goes past that five days. Like you need to get, you need to get an addendum.
2: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. yeah. I would say my biggest mistake with um, clients is working with buyers. And this is similar to like getting in and writing, not getting a buyer representation agreement signed. Um, yeah. I am very big on that in my business. And in my consultations, I let everyone know um, that that's how I work why I work that way. Um, and I explain my value and it's our commitment to work together. Um, and I'm very adamant about it. And I've been like that pretty much almost my whole career, but there's been a couple of times where I've overextended myself to like a friend of a friend referral. Um, I, someone I know, or I just like, I let them know about it, but didn't get it like done for the file. And, The couple of times that I've made the mistake of not getting it signed for both different reasons each time, um, both people ended up totally screwing me out of the deal, went around behind my back, um, and they were actually pretty sad. Like it wasn't just like, Hey, we decided to work with someone else. They were both very much like went behind my back. So at the end of the day if i had the agreement i don't really know what i would have ultimately done with yeah. it yeah. um but both were pretty soul crushing and i think that's one of the hard parts is that like i'm very thankful to attract mostly ideal clients and people that i love to work with that become like close and friends and we have a great relationship. They continue to refer me. We talk all the time. i have tons of clients like that. Um, but it's sad sometimes when you encounter people where you're like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. you know, so I would say for me, those have been like the biggest blows in my business, but outside of having a contract more or less, it's a blow of like character, I guess, if you will. Um, and just feeling like, kind of deceived by people. I know I, the last time this happened, I called you about it and told you about it and I was pretty upset and it, it kind of feels like you've been cheated on. Um, oh, totally. it feels like you're in a relationship and you've been cheated on because, uh, for months you've been working with this person, being totally open, um, working really hard. And then, um, they just, they aren't who you thought they were <laughs> and do some crazy stuff. And you're like, wow. Yeah. That, um, and thankfully I've only had like two situations, both yeah. were completely different, but they were equally surprising. One kind of worse than the other. Um, and I hope that I never have people asked to work with me like that ever again, but, um, at least I'll be better about, um, boundaries and and that sort of thing. Um they're all learning lessons, but um you know, we have to work with all kinds and you yeah. never know what people are going to do or what type of people what p- people really are. You want to like see the good in everyone and give people the benefit of the doubt, but at the end of the day it's it's this is a job, it's a business and you know, I don't think any of those people um if they're somebody a client or someone asks them Hey, will you go work for free for three months, and then um, we're not ultimately yeah. going to end up working with you? I mean, nobody, no one out there, no job would no work for free, yeah. um, or with the assumption of getting paid, and then never mind. Um, just nobody else would do it. So, I think it's really important to me to really like stipulate that even more upfront. Working with people, the job that is being done the work that they're hiring for, and you are hiring for this service. Now, if somebody ends up not getting a house because of extenuating circumstances, as long as they made their, you know, they committed to work with me and they were, they were committed to the process. I totally understand life, life changes, things happen. They end up not getting a home, whatever, but it's the people who, um, like want to agent hopper seek out you know, yeah, something, Yeah, I don't know what, but, um, yeah. that sort of thing is, is messed up. And I think we need to do a job, a good job in our industry of establishing like the reputation of a, re- a realtor and a real estate agent, yeah. yeah. um, and representing what the job entails, yeah. why we are earning this commission, why you're paying me, um, and I saw this great TikTok um last week from you know woo, the Glenda Baker. I love her. Um, but it was about her. If you ever need a pep talk on this, how to her talking about she's the Michael Jordan of real estate and is pretty good. So yeah, that was a good one. So if you ever need that pep talk going into um, you know, a listing appointment or you're meeting a buyer, um doing a buyer consultation, show your worst and put it in writing and make sure that they're very clear and understand no matter what, this is what you're being hired to do. You're going to follow through on your end. Um, I think that's super important. So, okay. Oh yeah. We went through that one. All right. So then the last question, Mariana asked, what do you do for yourself to avoid the mini mental breakdowns?
0: That's a good question. That's a really good question. I love this question. Um, here's the, here's the secret. I, I don't avoid the mini mental breakdowns, not completely, at least um, they, I just think they happen. Now, I do think there's a couple of things that um, help with them or to help you get over them faster. But I honestly feel like sometimes you like need those moments though, too. I I really do. There's something yes. like cathartic and soothing if you can like work through that moment and like come out on the other side and either have something that you've learned from it, have something that you've realized about yourself or your business, or if you just needed to like release it, because I think that we are human. We are women. We have emotions. We have feelings, you know, and I think sometimes you need to have those, those moments, but, um, honestly, Uh, having friendships like the one that I have with Alyssa and having community around me have been a huge help. They really have, Um, my friends that are not real estate agents do not understand. They just don't. And they, they cannot encourage me when I'm upset about something that's happened in the industry because they truly just cannot comprehend. They don't get it. Their, their thought is like, why don't you go get a job? I don't want a job. I don't, I don't want, that's not what I want for my life.
2: Yeah. If I call you and tell you, I feel like quitting. I don't want you to tell me to quit. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Or like, you know, it, when I'm like, obviously I want to be in this business but like there are hard things and I'm growing as a person. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be like, oh, well, it's just not worth it. Just go get a job. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. having community, having friendships and you guys, Alyssa and I's friendship started from having, being in a content membership together. And we started messaging over DM on Instagram. Like we have met in real life one time, you know, so it's like, I don't think it has to be somebody that's local to you. If you find somebody local to you, like great, but I don't think it has to be that way, but find somebody who can relate to what like this industry, um, find somebody in the group, find multiple people in the group, like just start like reaching out to people. Um, I think working on your mindset and growing too, as I grow my mindset and as I grow, like my confidence and just work on myself, I find that I'm able to move through the hard moments quicker. Um, Sometimes, you know, if you're going through a harder season, like, you know, the second half of last year for our family was not great. We went through a lot of hard things like back to back to back and it felt like it was kind of never ending, but you know, the day-to-day little things, or when you get burned by a client or somebody in the industry or something, I'm able to move through them a lot quicker. Whereas a couple of years ago, like I had a situation happen over the weekend. I was able to move through it quick like less than 24 hours. And then I felt good. And I was like, you know what? I know my worth. I know what I bring to this industry. I know what I bring to my clients. And if that's how people want to be, that's on them. That's not on me. And I was done with it. And I truly feel at peace. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I probably would have spent like a week or two, just totally bummed out by that situation. Yeah. Um, And I think that's just me working on myself, working on growing myself and making sure that I prioritize what's important to me, which is, you know, my family, my faith, you know, my friends, my business. Um, and just knowing I can't control other people. So that's, that's my answer. What about you?
2: That's really good growth. I love that. And I, I was going to immediately answer, like, what do you do to avoid the mini mental breakdowns? I was going to say, I don't, I have them all (laughs) the time. Like I have them all the time, but Similar to what you said um, and something that I've been working on, like my own life in general is like not being a victim. Yeah. Um, I think we're stronger than that. I think we owe it to ourselves to understand that and what it looks like. And um, you may not even recognize that you're victimizing yourself sometimes. Like I know for me, that's like, why does this happen to me? Why, you know, like those types of things instead of like, putting on your big girl pants and finding that inner confidence, that inner voice, um, to keep going. And it's good to feel, it's good to be aware. It's good to assess. It's good to think, what could I learn from that? Um, but just getting better at picking yourself back up and looking at things for what they are. Yeah. Learning lessons, you know, crappy situations um and things that inevitably you can't control um but just kind of always improving on like what could I do better um next time how could I avoid this yeah um you know taking timeouts is good shutting off social media getting yeah. outside taking care of yourself sometimes we get so wrapped up especially when we're busy even when things are good that we're not doing all those other things um to keep the wheels in motion. So when they get bad, it makes it even harder to like get back up or keep going. Um, so I think it just making sure you're, you're, you know, taking care of yourself. That's, that's the best thing I can say because I still have many breakdowns. I like had a major crying session like a week and a half ago (laughs) over this business. And so I feel like it just happens. Um, but just, you know for me it's instead of like why is this happening to me it's like how can i prevent it from happening again yeah. um how am i going to grow from this yeah. um so i'm starting to have more mature conversations with myself um yeah. and i think that that's the best best thing you can do is to yeah. you can't avoid them but it's just yeah. getting stronger at how you face them and deal with them cuz you can't avoid them. They're going to happen.
0: I think they're good. I, I really do. I think mm-hmm. the, the more that I grow, like, I think it's good to be able to release yeah. and let it go and like, leave it in the past. And for you to say, I'm going to pick myself up and like having that awareness. Cause I also would often like victimize myself mm-hmm. and like, you know, for example, this past weekend, I, I, I don't know the circumstances between, behind why they didn't use me, but past clients of mine bought and are selling their house that they bought with me with somebody else. Yeah. They're using same lender that I introduced them to that nice. we don't, we don't really work with anymore. Um, because some stuff happened and it just, uh, I, I definitely could have gone down a huge rabbit hole with it. Yeah. Um, But my first response was, even though I have been in contact with them regularly in the last five years, my first response was, I dropped the ball somewhere in the last two months since my last conversation with them. And I had opportunity probably that I missed and where was it? And how can I be better with my other past clients so this doesn't happen again? And a couple of years ago, I never would have asked myself that question I never would have looked at it from that. And yeah. I would have literally been like devastated for yeah. probably a couple of weeks at a time. Cause I'm actually really sensitive. Me too. I want to, I want to come off as like strong and like really like, I don't care. I actually do care very deeply, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's good to have those moments or if you just have something crappy happen, like, Yeah. you know, maybe you really thought you're Client was going to get under contract and something happened and it fell through and you've mm-hmm. been working so hard, you know. And I think it's okay to be like to have a little bit of that, and then to like turn it around for your to yeah. be able to turn it around for yourself. And yeah, that means sometimes you need you need somebody to talk to again that community aspect. Mm-hmm. I think that's I mean Alyssa and I call each other frequently and we'll brainstorm yeah. we'll kind of vent and then I think it also allows us to like encourage each other like mm-hmm. back and forth and be able to have a conversation and be like, you know, like yeah. when Alyssa and I were talking a couple weeks ago on the phone, I was like, listen, I just want to remind you though, that like, this is not anything to do with your character or like who you are as an agent. Yeah, and it You have to like, just remind yourself of that because there's a lot that can like come at you and it can be easy when you're in that breakdown to kind of like take in lies about yourself or like about yeah. you. Versus Mm -hmm. having somebody like speak truth and like encouragement over you and then be able to like walk out of that, that moment when you're ready to like move on from it and be stronger and have truth over you and like, feel, you know, feel like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready to move forward and I've got this. And, um, it's, you know, kind of like a release and then you feel lighter too. And like, you should have better, better energy. You should feel better after it and be able to you know, go forward in your business and in your life and in your motherhood and be able yeah. to feel like you can conquer more and conquer better. And
2: keep that power, like for yourself, we've talked about that. You did an episode on that too. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we just give people like too much power over us and yeah. not, you know, withholding our own power for ourselves. So like, feel it, learn from it, release yeah. it keep your power though. Like, don't let it, hit, don't let it, let it go to whoever yeah. disappointed you or let you down. And some things just aren't for you. And sometimes you realize yeah. you'd like dodged a bullet and that's a good thing. Um,
0: yeah.
2: And um, yeah, definitely lean into community. Brayden and I don't talk like every day. Like sometimes we even go like a couple of weeks without like communicating because yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. busy and we're moms and, um, but we are always there for each other when someone, yeah. needs something. and I think it's good to find that. And you have that in this group. If you're not a part of our community, um, join our Facebook group, show notes, um, below or description if you're watching the video on YouTube and, um, get connected. Uh, we oftentimes do like follow posts so you can get to know people more on social media and like, look for, look for things that you can relate on, look for connections. Um, but if you're ever feeling stuck, you can always reach out to either one of us for support. Um, we're accessible. Our links are down there too. Um, but, or just find us in the group or anyone, um, don't suffer in silence because sometimes yeah. you, you, you already have it within you. Um, but sometimes you just need, a, a, another ear or another voice to remind you, um, of that. So what? this was fun. I really liked this good. episode. I want to do another one like this. I, I want to like do this more often with questions. Cause it's sometimes we, you know, we're assuming what you guys want to hear. It's
0: nice to know yeah. like what you want to know. So
2: I had a good time.
0: Yeah, this was fun. I liked it. I like how um, we started out with like what I thought was gonna be two really quick questions that probably took up half of our-
2: <laughs> this <laughs> is like the longest episode we've recorded a long time, but it was really good. It was I know. Good. Well, yeah. I gotta jump off because my kids are gonna be walking through that door any second. Perfect. So I can't wait to see them, but um, this was awesome. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Um, Loved all your questions and just so grateful for this community. And I'm grateful for you, Brayden.
0: Me too. I'm grateful
2: for you as well. All right.
0: Glad We messaged on Instagram. That was a great starting point.
2: (laughs) All right, girl. All right.
0: Thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.